Five, four, three, two. Hey, yo, what is good, people? It is season three, and it is Power Ups and Power Bombs. We are back. Season premiere night one. We're like WrestleMania. We got two nights now. Ha! Yeah. But I am the big body biz himself, mm-hmm. Drizzy, one of your hosts for the evening. And I come in full strength. Finally, with the first lady of Power Ups and Power Bombs, Black Barbie, and our historian, Bernard. How are hey, we? Man. How are we, family? It's, man, uh, it's good. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be back. Good to hear everybody's voices. Know that everybody's doing pretty good, best we can. You know what I'm saying? With all the stuff that's been going on. Hope everybody's in good spirits and been watching wrestling and seeing a lot of interest and development since the last time we recorded. A lot of stuff has happened. So, Bernard, we're glad to get back to it. Bernard, we haven't heard from you for a whole season. <laughs> no, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, my, I'm, my job, man, like I said, the last time we spoke, I got a new GM. I got a new manager. I got, like, it's been my job has been ridiculous. So I finally got a kind of a set schedule so I can make the, make sure that I can get in here more often. Now we haven't, now it's not like Bernard hasn't been around. We have been, we did go to shows while Bernard had his crazy schedule. He at least made time for that. Yeah. But he just couldn't come to record afterwards. But yeah. he was at the shows, most of the Paradigm shows, he was there. Same with Black Barbie. Even though, but she was there. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was there. Like she's almost been burnt. Shout out Shug Duck, Shug D. Uh, <laughs> we've been almost had had people dumped on us. Thank you, Cole Reddick and Landon Hill. Uh, <laughs> we've had some good shows. Um, so while we have been on break, what has been some of the biggest things that have gone on that you guys have noticed? It's been a couple of developments that recently happened that had my ire and my attention uh, between the Jonathan Grisham incident, as I'll say, um, and then right as I was trying to catch up with that, the Vince McMahon bombshell. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, just address the elephant in the room. Yeah, so I mean, that was to me. That's the main one. I'm assuming, like as far as scope, that would be the main one. That that overtook the Jonathan Grisham because I was heavily intrigued in the Jonathan Grisham story on how why he dropped the Ring of Honor belt and what he talked to Khan about, but then obviously. You somebody drew threw a skip card on me when that when the Vince McMahon stuff dropped. Vince McMahon has retired from what do we call it wrestling? <laughs> sports entertainment. From sports well, now it's called wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> now it's called wrestling. He has retired. That means yeah. no more Vince right now. Like Black Barbie, your thoughts. Well, 
I will say this. Vince McMahon return was kind of a it, it threw everybody through a curveball because you know he was just out on what well, he came out on Raw and SmackDown basically like I'm not going anywhere. You know we're here now forever together or whatever that crap is. And for him to like retire, I it was about time. It was about time. It is. I agree. Um, do you think that this is for the let's see in the long running? Do you think this is going to be better for all of wrestling, or do you think it's just gonna it's just the time, sign of the time? What do you think? Like, that's that. What's the best way to put it? Do you think in the long run we're gonna miss Vince? The no. legacy of Mr. Man is spotted. Um, I'll say it like this. You don't have to... I think you gotta... It's, for me, it's, it's Hulk Hogan times three. The character and what the person did for the sport cannot be overshadowed. But you don't have to roll out a rosy red carpet for the individual. That makes sense. I uh, have his legacy, but not the person. Right. That's what I'm saying. You cannot, as a wrestling fan, forget about Vince McMahon, the man who created WrestleMania. Um, no matter what his transgressions were, what he did for the sport cannot be denied. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be an AEW without Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um, some of the wrestlers that we know today and the legends that they've grown to be wouldn't be without Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's just a fact. Now, again, his character versus who we knew, knew him to be to portray himself as is a different story. And I personally understand all the things that are against him and things like that. And I say, let that play out the way it, the way it shall. But what he's done for the sport and what the spotlight that he put on it starting with WrestleMania I don't think you can just erase that. That's just that's my that's my thoughts. You can respect the 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 institution. You can respect the creation without giving homage to the creator. It's almost like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Mm. That's how I look at Vincent. That's how I look at Vince McMahon in the WWE. Black Frankenstein was great, but Frankenstein wouldn't be a thing without his mom, without his creator. Hmm. Black Barbie, your thoughts? Um, I I agree with Bernard. We can't erase what Vince McMahon has done. I mean, that's just, I mean, I hate to bring this up, but that's just like with R. Kelly. You can't erase the music that he's made. You might not like the person, but he did music at one point in time. And Vince McMahon did do a lot of things. I mean, he brought pop culture and wrestling together. I mean, he gave us the what rock and roll, the MTV era of wrestling. 
That was unheard of. I personally, as a soap opera watcher, I feel like in soap operas, they do change writers. They change people who are, you know, the executive producers. They change it over time. Now, I'm going to use an example. Like for Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless, they were created by the Bell family. Most of the Bell family are dead and gone, but, you know, it still says created by the Bell family. This man created WWE that we know of, but it is time to move on. As the down to people who understand that, you know, black folks don't have to be a joke, but we don't have to be, you know, the ghetto. We don't have to be, you know, or that, you know, segments don't have to have brawn panty matches. You know, it's it's time to do something different. And WB, but for the most part, I think it it was time. It was time for this to step down. And I mean, and plus the people he had around him just wasn't good for the sport at all. Which comes up to one of the things that shocked me while we were gone. Hmm. Oh, y'all want me to? Oh, yeah. Naomi walking out because of the booking. Oh, that yes. was a huge. I mean, don't get me wrong. Vince McMahon returned huge. You know, Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan huge too. But Sasha and Naomi walking out and giving their belts back because they didn't like the booking, because how they were being booked and how they were using the women's tag team titles was right. They should have. We almost ended break early for that one. <laughs> yeah, like for me, I- I'm glad you brought that up. For that, if it wasn't for the Vince McMahon, that would have been mine. Not gonna lie. Like the way that they walked out and the way that WWE tried to make them the enemy. Yeah. Right. Like, Cause I don't know if you cause I know I know some of y'all had like took a like did a boycott for WWE for a while, right? Yeah. But like I watched like I wouldn't be surprised if, put like this, if Vince McMahon was still running WWE, there'd be a self-destruction of Naomi and Sasha Banks DVD. Yes. You can can tell by the way Corey Corey Graves was talking all that shit and like throwing like unnecessary barbs, not even saying their name, but like you can feel the animosity throughout the commentary. They were saying it live on Raw and SmackDown. So all Vince. Right. And then, that's my point. And that's my point. That was all Vince McMahon. And that, that story would have been me. Yeah. And Pat McAfee was looking like, what the hell? Exactly. Yeah. Michael Pat was like, they're unprofessional. But just what, a couple weeks ago, about a week or two ago, Brock Lesnar did the same thing and did not get called unprofessional. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like and I read um, somebody in the business from I, I don't know if it was, I don't want to say PW Insider because I don't want to get nobody like mixed up but somebody in the business said that they were they were fed those lines to make sure that they they were talked about in that way. Well, um, it's known it's it, it's 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 a known fact that Vince is the one telling them what to say exactly. throughout the shows. Yeah, he, he damn near does commentary from the back on his own. Yeah, so like one of the biggest things that I noticed, like since we talked about Vince and like some of the, um, some of the biggest changes that has happened since we've been gone, um, 
one of the biggest things that I noticed was uh, I don't know if y'all watch, but during SummerSlam, there were notable things that were mentioned that haven't been mentioned on WWE in like five or six years. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole said wrestling more than once. He didn't say sports entertainment. Uh, Michael Cole, and a lot of it was from coming from Michael Cole. Um, did y'all notice? Mentioned, did y'all notice the joke? Uh, Corey Graves that said, you know, like, "I like I you better, better when you didn't." When yeah, you didn't. I liked you better when you didn't speak. I, I liked you better when, when you didn't, didn't have an opinion. When you didn't have an opinion, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that that happened at SummerSlam. Like to that, me, that was a shot at Vince McMahon. Like it was, but it was. There, they, you know, they do that. They yeah, guys. And it was, I mean, it's a noticeable one. They like they know that the world is behind the scenes somewhat, so they knew Vince was uh, gone for a little bit, right? So yeah, those shots come. That's a Triple H thing, anyway. You know, he'll take a shot for sure. Like, he doesn't. He's not one of those guys. He's not like Vince, where if it didn't happen in WWE, it never happened. Exactly. So like, it's all jokes. I mean, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure Vince didn't take it seriously either. I'm pretty sure Vince is very aware of all the Vince-isms, like he only eats steak, uh, he doesn't sleep, he hates sneezing. Yeah. Also, before SummerSlam, um, the night before SummerSlam on SmackDown, the one of the biggest shocks for me coming out of all people was when Roman Reigns told Theory that your daddy isn't here anymore. Like, did y'all hear when he said that? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, out of all people, Roman, because Roman Reigns, be, during the Shield, a lot of people thought he was one of the most protected superstars on the roster. So well, to, to hear that come from him was... Well, like I said, that was equated to the middle child beating up the younger child. Right, right. Because, you know, John Cena's the oldest. He's the favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, John Cena. And then Riddle, I mean, Theory is the... the he's, the new, he's the new kid. He's yeah, the new, Theory he's the is the, the lamb. He's the baby. He's the baby. Yeah, Theory's the lamb, yeah. And Roman's the middle. Ooh, like, mm, daddy's not here now. What you right. want to do now? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I don't... That line would have never flew if Vince was right. Never. Yeah. With Vince, no. Now, Triple H, yes. And well, that, that's what I'm saying. With Vince writing, that line would have never flew. Triple H, yeah. And let's kind of ride that wave into our next subject, SummerSlam. Yeah. So, this past Saturday, as per every year when we do come back, we come back at SummerSlam, and we got our results. Uh and SummerSlam, from beginning to end, in my opinion, was probably one of the most satisfying shows of this year. Yeah. Especially by WWE standards. Yeah. SummerSlam was probably, like, when it came on, I called one of my best friends. We was in, we've been in, I've been knowing him since the third grade. Uh, we went to the Marine Corps together and all that. When it came on, because he's three hours behind, but he, he could catch it on DirecTV Live. Um when it came on, I told him, "Hey, man, this—you might want to cut this on. This, this feels different. Like as soon as it came on, it felt different, and it was, it was." We got WrestleMania 
vibes at SummerSlam. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, that's that's what I felt. I felt I don't know if it, at first I was thinking, okay, maybe it's the outdoor thing. You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, no. I thought it was. I, I felt it was a it was a gimmick at first when I saw that it was outdoors, and I knew it was SummerSlam. I was like, SummerSlam's trying to give me WrestleMania vibes. Because again, we know that the four pillars, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. We know those are the four corners of WWE. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, they're trying to give us WrestleMania vibes with this, but it's we know that it was I I was under the impression that it was the last a lot of the matches were still Vince catered matches. They were for, but had a twist on it for Triple H because of what happened. Um, it, it felt like a takeover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, it felt yeah. like an NXT takeover. Because the first match was what blew me away. Yeah. It told a story and it ended the it ended the Becky Bianca saga. Right. Uh, I think Bianca... Go ahead. I said it was just beautifully done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. I, and Bianca said it best. She had put out a tweet the I think the night later on that night or at least the next night. It ended. It started with a handshake and it ended with a handshake. Yeah, yeah, that's what she she tweeted that. So for those who did not watch, who may not watch WWE, no judgment here. The first match for SummerSlam was Bianca versus Becky. In what may be match of the night, it's arguably one of the best matches of the night. It was one of the best women's matches this year, I believe. But it did end with Bianca finally exercising her demons and beating Becky Lynch. Now, this was a great match, but it also has its own little surprises at the end of it. We saw the return of our role model, Bailey. And she did not come alone. They gave Bailey a faction. We saw Eo Shirai, now known as Eo Sky, but we knew that was going to happen. And the return of the recently fired Dakota Kai. Like I made, I, I put out a tweet. I said that Triple H is un, is hitting Vince's undo button a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like he's spamming that button right now. Yeah, he's he's spamming it real good, and it was a it was a pleasant surprise. It was a shock. The match was great. Um, one of the things that there was a bummer about the match after the fact is, um. Becky Lynch messed her shoulder up. She needs shoulder surgery. She's going to be out for a while with that. Yeah, so um, the rumor with that was Becky, her shoulder popped out of the socket. It did. Yeah, um, like, yeah it popped almost out. at the beginning of the match. Yeah. So she finished the match with that. Right. So that just shows how tough the man really is. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, dope. That hug that she gave Bianca, if you notice, she said, thank you for taking care of me. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. And yeah, you can see it, it, Bianca, and Bianca, when she's not in character, is horrible with how to hide her emotions. She was tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then had to turn around and be fierce for the women that were getting ready to come and try to attack her. 
So yeah, but that that first match was pretty great, a magical moment. Uh, so now we get to our second match on the card: Logan Paul, Maverick Logan Logan Paul versus the A Lister, The Miz. The Miz has found his lane with yes. these celebrity matches. Yes, he is. Yes, he has. The yeah. Miz is he's goaded at this point. Like. Goated at this point. I know people use that term a lot. He's goated at this point. Like the Miz WWE. And it's hard, it's it's hard to say that he's goaded, but he is. No, he's no, not the no, most decorated no. world champion, no, and but he is one of the longest tenured. He does not get hurt a lot. He takes no. care of his opponents, he takes care of himself, and he is the flag bearer for WWE. If you ever needed one, yeah, I'll, I'll say this about the Miz. I'm uh, old enough, young boys and girls, to remember the Miz on a show called The Real World back in the early 2000s. And I hated the Miz when he first came to WWE because I was thinking. This is entitled spoiled brat. Just go from one TV show to another. He ain't got to grind and put in the work like all these other cats. And that's how I felt about the Miz for a long time. Y'all want to learn something? Y'all really want to learn something? The Miz took the winning. Y'all remember, uh, now they call them the challenges. Right. Back, they used to have the real world road road challenges. Yeah. 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 The Miz used to compete on those. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I learned that he took the money that he won from those and paid for himself to go to school, to wrestling schools. Yeah. So he, he, it may not look like he paid all his dues, but he went through the the proper channels. He trained. It's just that because he was on TV, you know, you got to go through that hazing, like, oh, you're a movie try to be a TV star, you're a failed TV star, when in actuality, he did, he he followed his dream. And there's other reality stars that have become wrestlers. When you get to, like, Luchasaurus, Jesse Goddard, uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. That may be it, really. Because... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, The Miz has, like, like Ariel said, he's one of the 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 stones, the pillars of like putting putting people over and having a been able to talk on the mic and get the crowd reaction. And that's that's what you want out of a superstar. You want some form of fan reaction, whether it's good or bad. You want that sustainability of that character to be able to do that for an extended period of time. And the Miz has done that. You people forget or people don't realize he's been in the WWE for decades now. So it's been ten years, I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's been in the, he's been in the WWE for a decade. Maybe a little, bit, maybe a little bit more. I know he's been in about the same time as Kofi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been about ten years. But he... well, I think it's over ten years. I think he's been for like maybe thirteen. Yeah. He's been yeah. there for a long time. Let's take a yeah. look. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. He's been around for a long time. And the thing about the Miz, though, is he actually, I mean, he wrestlers the wrong way. I mean, he's been through wrestlers' court and lost. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I remember. And, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yes, Undertaker used to hold what they call wrestlers' court. So if you mess, and the veterans called you messing caught you messing up, you got you got tried in wrestlers' court. And that man used to have to get dressed in the in the hallway. Yep. The Miz yeah. paid him. like the Miz. Yeah. Miz signed with WWE in two thousand four. Jesus, he's hitting at twenty years old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's almost twenty years. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Jesus, I I was like I thought he I know it was over ten, but damn near damn near almost twenty. Yeah, I almost twenty. He he been in there almost twenty years because he said yeah, you said two thousand four. I remember yeah, because I remember he was on the. You gotta think this is we don't really think like is it, have you seen that meme on Facebook where it's like people keep talking about nineteen nineties. Like it was five years ago. 1990s was 30 years ago. Like we as older people gotta put that in our head. Like the two two thousand, the millennium was twenty years ago. So here's a Mrs. Big Claim. <laughs> he has become WWE's twenty-fifth triple crown champion, fourteenth Grand Slam champion, as well as the only wrestler to accomplish it twice. Yeah, he's yeah. done twice in, in two thing. different in two different areas of how they've done it. You know, when they had when they were switching back and forth between like the European and all that stuff, he's the only wrestler to do it twice. Yeah, man, the man, the man. And not only that, he got he met his girl at work. Yeah, and she's bad. I don't care what anybody says. Maurice is bad. Maurice, oh, yeah. baby, Maurice first, nah, but now when she got that baby weight, yeah. Yeah, Maurice is easily one of the beautiful, most beautiful women in WWE. Easy. But we got way off track. <laughs> uh, so I will ask a question, though, but I'm going to ask it when we get to the, Paul, the Pat McAfee match. Uh, Logan Paul did beat the Miz, but it was. This may have been the lowest match on the card, but it was still pretty good. What is you guys' opinion of Logan Paul? Um, for me personally, what I saw from SummerSlam was pretty good. I can't, I do, I don't believe I have a a body of work that I can judge him on, but. To to give him a fair judgment from what from but from what I saw as a celebrity, he did pretty good. Um, I don't think he's better than what I've seen from Pat McAfee, you know. But I think he might be a little bit better from what we've seen from is Bad Bunny, and I like Bad Bunny. Is it fair? So, to, all right. So is it more fair to judge him compared to Bad Bunny or to Pat McAfee? Because he's more where Logan Paul's had two matches, Pat's had three. Hold on, he had two NXTs, he had a WrestleMania match this year. So, this next one will be his fourth match. Yeah, this next one will be his fourth match. Yeah, um, I would say I would compare him more to Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. Paul impressed me. I mean, I'm you know, I was to me, I'm too old for that generation of the 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 Paul boys. I'm too old for that generation, you know, they're too, but. The kid went in there and he did put in the work. And I mean, that's the one thing that we gotta 
we got to respect is that he respects the craft. And I mean, as long as you respect it and you don't treat it with disrespect or you don't come in, you know, thumbing your nose down. And he, he did a good job. I mean, he did a good job at WrestleMania. Yeah. He won WrestleMania with uh, Sami Zayn. He didn't, he doesn't disappoint. Who, Knoxville? Hmm? Knoxville has Sami Zayn. No, remember Logan Paul was out with Sami Zayn the one WrestleMania. Oh, the first, the other, the uh, when they came, when fans came back, damn, it yeah, for that long, yeah. So it's been three years. Wow. He didn't wrestle at WrestleMania Tampa, pretty much. He, he didn't, didn't wrestle, wrestle, but he did come out with him. I see. I remember what you're talking about now. So to me, I don't. I mean, the kid, he's he, he's impressive. I, I mean, for what he's done. It's like with Bad Bunny. They, they're impressive for what they've done so far. Now, we're not, no, we're not putting them up there with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee did a war games. Right. So, that's, yeah. what I was, that's what I was saying. Like, if we comparing them to other superstars, obviously that's not fair. But if, even if we compare them to other celebrities, or not celebrities, or quote unquote non wrestlers, for me, Pat McAfee is number one. Um, and I'm trying to think of before I saw Pat McAfee at NXT when he was doing this stuff with Adam Cole. Um, who who would have been your best celebrity wrestler before Pat McAfee? Oh, hold on to that question. Hold on to that question. We're going to come back to that one. But I mean, that's I, a good question think. right now. I, I, I want y'all to think about it. I want to come yeah. back to that one because okay, okay. a question that came up in a space after the match, after that night that pertains to that. Okay. Can I share my Can I share my worst one though? Yeah, the worst one was Snooky. Okay, that was, <laughs> that was the absolute worst. That was my worst. Okay, I I can see that. I can see that. See, all right. So, all right. So, before we go into like so, uh, we said Logan Paul won. Uh, the U- next match was the United States Championship match: Bobby Lashley versus Theory. I think the right was on the wall for this one. We knew Bobby was winning it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, a pretty average match. It was a uh, – Bernard kind of put the nail on the head earlier. It was a Vince match that just needed to have an ending. Uh, yeah. It wasn't long, but it also wasn't bad. Uh, this – I mean, it's just a match at the moment. Uh, our next match, the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios – Again, it's like another Vince match. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of bored with the Mysterios. They I, need to I, break up. I don't know. They need to break up. That's what, that's what needs to happen. See, see, see. Look. You're not wrong. And I actually... I agree with what you just said as far as them breaking up. My problem is I wouldn't have said that if Vince was running. Same reason I wouldn't have said it for the Street Profits. Because I, I put them, not not putting them in the same category as far as tag teams, but I believe Montez Ford is exponentially more talented than Angelo Dawkins. Not saying Angelo Dawkins is bad, but Angelo Dawkins is a solid PS4. 
that you've had that is that is a committed and plays great games. Montez Ford is a PlayStation Five. You're jumping on me. PS Four. You're jumping on me. You jump matches on me. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm I'm comparing that to to Mysterio because she brought up the Mysterios breaking up. The Mysterios breaking up. Ray Mysterio is an established PlayStation Five. He's been doing this for three decades. His son is not bad. But I don't know where Vince would have did with his, what Vince would do with his career without his father. Now, with Triple H being in the head of the table, I can see a little bit more hope, and that's and that's why. And I, that exact same scenario is how I feel about the Street Profits. So that's well, why, that's why I brought them two together. Because the, the the talent is just night and day. Now, I will say this, with Vince, if Vince was at the helm, because you've noticed that Rhea Ripley's been beating the crap out of Dominic. I feel like if right. Vince was still at the helm, we would be getting, she actually likes Dominic. She has a crush on Dominic, and that's why she's doing everything she's doing. Right. Oh, with Triple H, I, I don't really. know. Uh, so you think you you think what they're doing with Dominic and, and Ray right now is is... is has an arc like you think it's gonna do something bef- like that's not a breakup or like what do you what do you see at the end of this story with them, with with them in the judgment day all like are they gonna do something else honestly I just think this was just a team that wasn't doing anything that they could link the edge that way eventually it'll be three on three okay because ultimately this match really happened just to bring edge back Okay. Though I will say I'm starting to see Dominic look more and more like the Eddie style. Yes. Well, I don't know if y'all seen the new shirts well, they you... got they have they have on the LWO shirts. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's rocking the Eddie mullet. So yeah, I don't I've know. Seen I've I seen don't it. know where it's going. But it looks like that match literally only happened just it was like I said it was a Vince match to make Ed to give Edge a reason to come back. Now let's see what Triple H does with the story, though. Uh, because I don't, I don't know, and I, and honestly, the Edge return was kind of the after. It didn't seem as big to me as it should be. You say you didn't think what? I don't think the Edge mat, the Edge moment with him returning was as big as it should have been. I don't think so neither. The only reason I thought it was was messed up is because. In the first vin, in the first vignette, I thought it was gonna be the fiend, but then when I saw the the um the second vignette with the flannel shirt and the mask, I was like, yeah, this is Edge because this is all his, his rivals in the past. Uh, yeah, the first the first vignette threw me off, and, and it threw a couple other people off too because we were thinking it was a fiend, but yeah, the the second one was I that the second one confirmed that it was Edge for me. And uh, it just went from there. Yeah. Uh, Black Barbie, your thoughts? I, I mean, it's hard with the Mysterios because it's like people are sitting up here clowning Dominic. And I'm like, you know, yes, Logan Paul looked impressive, but Dominic's been doing this for a minute and I have no problems with Dominic at all. I don't been, has it been like five years now for Dominic? He's been doing this for a while now. It's been, been, it's been for a minute. Yeah. three years, three or four years. How he's long been we doing been it 
How long the business fans came back? Since who? When did fans come yeah. back? They came yeah. back to WrestleMania yeah. ago. WrestleMania two years ago. Okay, so he had his first match with a, a couple of WrestleMania, the a Mania before that, didn't he? Yeah. In the performance center. Yes, I think he did yeah. it. Yeah. So he's officially going on what four years for him. Yeah, he, he probably could have done a lot. He could have probably did a big favor going to NXT. Right. That's what I thought too. And it I don't know done him a big favor. I don't know if it was like nepotism with Mr. Ray talking to Vince about something, but I really think he could have did something in NXT um, to hone his craft. But they decided not to go that route. I don't know. Again, maybe nepotism or something else. But, but yeah, I mean, because again, like you said, he's not bad. He's just not polished. So I think we, I think we were spoiled because his first few was with Seth Rollins, and Seth made him look really good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now That's we're just like, okay, well, why is he still with Dad and everything? And who? And like I said, this is a story that's ongoing. And I think it's just this paused their story so they could get Edge back in to hit their thing with the Judgment Day. Right. But, all right, let's jump on to the next match. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Your thoughts? The build-up to this match gave me hope <laughs> because WWE, they, you know, they, sometimes they throw us into this stuff, you know, they're, I mean, Corbin's sitting over here, you know, chastising Mac- McAfee every week. I mean, I like the build up, and I mean, the match wasn't even bad either. But I'm like, how did some people, how did, how did Pat McAfee get a WrestleMania entrance again at SummerSlam and nobody else did? So, but he's goat though, so I mean, yeah, I, I and how about this? Yeah. They fell into a story with this because Pat McAfee been calling him bum ass Corbin for a while now. For a yeah. Little year. yeah, 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 yeah. And then the whole they were on the coast together, they were rookies together. Like they fell into a whole story with that. Yeah. And yeah. no, the match wasn't the greatest. Right. Uh, Pat McAfee is a tremendous. We say this every Pat McAfee match now. He's a tremendous athlete to be yeah. a kicker. He is a kicker. We never see him do anything outside of kick. And he does backflips. He does swantons. He is an amazing athlete. So now. The sad thing is, he's not just really a kicker, he's a punter. Like, you don't hardly ever see the punter come out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He wasn't a place kicker. He was just a punter. And he's he, and he's all time and he's an all time punter at that. Yeah. All time yeah. punter kicker. Place kicker. So it's it's just amazing. It, it, it shocks us every time. The match wasn't that good. I mean, but it was for what it did, it did tell a story. Right. And it did follow something. So now I bring you to that back to that conversation earlier about celebrity wrestlers. Uh, so in the spaces I was in right after the event, it was brought to us that they believe that in Hollywood, 
that there should be a main the main event for night one should be Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul. What the main event from night one? No, this is how they presented it. They presented it as WWE wants a big marquee match for crossover appeal. But crossover appeal, and and they said that it would put butts in seats. You because of the national, it's because you lost me exposure, because you of lost national, me twice. Just because of the national exposure of Bad Bunny, and because of how popular the uh, Logan Paul is. Uh, me and a few others tried pointing out what we thought would be the issue with this, and the biggest thing that I came up with was it's a safety concern. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. who's calling that match? It's a it's a, a bunch of concerns. <laughs> it's a it's for I guess first of all, if we I, it, safety wasn't even my top. Priority, like when when you said those two names, as a wrestling fan, the entertainment scope of a long term match, I don't see that happening. The second one was safety. Like the first one was long term entertainment. The second one is safety. The third one is, I guess if I guess safety could go into inexperience for the that stage for both of them. So I guess you could do two and two A maybe, um, and then the third would be like, and like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not anticipation, but like, like the fever of the match. Like, who wants to see that as a main event? Who wants to see that match? Period. Right. Nobody. Like, what's the anticipation for the buildup for that? I don't think that's very high. And they weren't saying like for the for a WrestleMania in the future. They're saying for this one coming up. Right, exactly. I don't think that's I don't think that's feasible at all. Like even if there's not even a road where these two even look at each other where it would make sense in exactly form or fashion. Uh and then I'm looking at it also from a long term aspect of it because you're starting to see it a lot more. Uh, with you now have Pat McAfee wrestling more, Dwight Howard was at a WWE tryout. So when you start saying, "Okay, let's go ahead and put Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul in the main event of WrestleMania," what does what message did that send to your actual wrestlers who have been here for a while? The people like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Bianca, Becky. Sasha, well, Sasha, uh, Sasha, Charlotte, those guys who have been here, and you start getting celebrities coming in. Well, eventually, that's gonna make it where the you're gonna get cele- all celebrity WrestleManias. Well, right. I'll say this. I'll I'll say this about that. To me, it's a double edged sword because WrestleMania. If we being one hundred percent, WrestleMania is fifty fifty. Fifty percent for the wrestling audience, and fifty percent for the audience who hasn't watched wrestling in a long time. We gotta remember, 
the very first WrestleMania was had Sidney Lauper and Muhammad Ali. It's always had the biggest celebrity at the at for the time. Yeah. So again, I don't like Logan Paul. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Bad Bunny, but WWE has always done that. They found. They have found whoever they thought was the biggest wrestler of the biggest celebrity at the time. Going back to WrestleMania 14, Mike Tyson punched Shawn Michaels in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, Muhammad Ali and Sidney Lauper opened WrestleMania 1. They opened the show. Uh, I mean, like, Shaq fought Big Show. Uh, Floyd Mayweather fought Big Show. So, I mean, like, for WrestleMania, if it was a regular Raw SmackDown, or even if it was a regular another pay per view, I would understand. But I would I, I would be upset. But for WrestleMania, the history of the show tells us that they're gonna have some type of celebrity. Hell, the main yeah. event of WrestleMania 27 was about uh, John Cena fighting a celebrity in The Rock. That was the uh, whole premise. Uh, you stretch around strong in there. The Rock that is the actual. The whole, that was the whole reason uh, John Cena no, said he wanted to fight uh, we're gonna The take Rock. That, we're going to take The Rock out of the. We're going to take The Rock out of the celebrity category for that one because The Rock. John Cena put him in the celebrity category. That's what made the main event. That was but the storyline on Raw. But John, but The Rock was a trained wrestler first. I, I'm, you're not wrong, but I'm saying for the build-up for the show, that's what they use for John Cena's offense. But it's like The Rock didn't just start wrestling two days ago. <laughs> at, at that point, he had over a hundred matches by then. So you can't. Oh, yeah, I, I, said, I, I, I agree you with you. Put that in that. We're talking like Logan. We're talking guys who have had two matches up here. <laughs> and and I look at it as it's bad for. Wrestling, because yeah. because now you're putting your guys who have been busting their ass for years on the back burner for guys who just who think this is just fun and easy. Yeah, who probably won't be back next week. Like we talk about, like back to the Miz, who took his winnings from a show and went and learned how to do this shit right. Right where. Bad Bunny and Logan Paul like, oh man, I'm such a big fan. You guys want to show me how to do a match? And that's basically what they did. Logan Paul did not do anything different than he did in his WrestleMania match with the Miz. Exactly. Pat McAfee did not do anything that he has not done in War Games and his match with Adam Cole or uh, with Vin- who was it? Who did he-, uh, he had theory. That's what it was. He didn't do too much different than the things that he does normally do in these matches. I look at it as something that does not need to happen. And I also encourage people to not shit on guys who have been wrestling for years because the indies are full of guys who have been doing this for a long time and they're getting the raw end of the deal now because it's, it's basically turned into celebrity death match. Celebrities are coming. It's turning into a celebrity death match. It is. It is. It, it, it's slowly. If you were to sit there and do that and have Bad Money and Logan Paul in the main event, 
what's stopping us? What's stopping Mel Gibson from saying, "Hey, I want to learn the rest. I want to do this too. I want to have a match." Who want to have Mel Gibson versus Tom Hanks? Now I know that's they're older. All <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, see, I mean, but no, you're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, my thing is, I I 100 agree with you. I just don't know if the just like we talked about Vince, the quote unquote shareholders. And the other people running the shows are are committed to the wrestling much as they sports entertainment. So, for example, same we talk we talk about WWE. AEW brought in Kevin Gates uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So they they AEW doesn't do it often, but you but if you go and YouTube that that episode, that episode of AEW's got more video more video lookups. Than a lot of these premiere shows for the of the year, so Tony Khan is slowly seeing that that that's where the money's at. Now again, I don't agree with it because again, we're wrestling fans first, but the trend is to bring those celebrities in, and again, we see AEW starting to do it and WWE's doing it more. So I don't know, I don't know the answer for it, but I know it's a trend that is. Gonna be on the uptick. It is. It's gonna be something we keep our own. Uh, I have a feeling we in the future we will revisit this conversation as we get more. And from what I hear with the whole Dwight Howard going to a wrestling uh tryout, to yeah, tryout. Who knows? Uh, so the next match you spoke about a little bit earlier. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Usos versus the Street Profits, special guest and the man working double duty that entire weekend, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F, J A double R E, double T. <laughs> ain't he great? Ain't he great? Ain't he the great? Man. Double J, yeah. I enjoyed Double J, man. I hadn't seen him in a long time in WWE ring. I enjoyed. Seeing him, whatever he was going to do, I was going to watch it, man. I, I I like Jeff Jarrett coming up, man. Him and his his bouts with Shawn Michaels and a couple other cats. Like the Double J was Double J was a good guy, and um, I I didn't personally know why he was picked, other than it being in Nashville. I didn't see anything as far as like storyline wise that would make it more intriguing. But I enjoyed Double J because it was in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. Black Barbie, did you have any insight on that one? Because I, I absolutely Well, I think the reason why is because Jeff Jarrett cut his teeth down there in Nashville. And, I mean, you got to think, um, you know, TNA kind of got their roots in Nashville. And also, I mean, his daddy, uh, Jerry Jarrett, had a wrestling promotion in Nashville. So I think that's why. Because it's kind of yeah. like a – more like a – homecoming for him, but I also mm-hmm. think it's because it was WWE in, reintroducing Jeff Jarrett back into the fold, because he has a backstage job. I think he's like... Oh, he's head- backstage now? Oh, yeah. I know, he's- he, got, I know he got let go. Well, he's back. They, um, they brought him back as... I think he's like... He's... um, I don't want to say he's like... I think he works with the talent, but he works with... Is he like an agent? Yeah, but I think he does live events, though. Like, he's the one, I think he's over, like, the ring people, the lighting, and all that other stuff. Jeff Jarrett now has a job with WWE. So, oh, okay. 
Yeah, that was just them bringing him back. And See, I didn't know that. I thought this was a one. So he's talent relations? I, I, think, over, I think he's over live events. So okay, I think yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and then he also had the pleasure of being in Ric Flair's last match. Where he got to beat, not only beat up Ric Flair for the umpteenth time, he got to lose to Ric Flair for the last time. Yeah. I don't understand why Ric Flair has to bleed all the time. Because that's what he does. I know, but he... He bleeds and falls on his face. That's his thing. He's been doing that for 40 years. 40? He's been doing that for 50. 50, yeah, 50 years. Yeah, that's what he bleeds and falls. Ric Flair was old first on his face. Watching wrestling. He might have a skeleton now. <laughs> like, you remember in WCW, he was old then. I mean, I don't think he was old. He's always had that white hair. So he's always just been looked old. He's never had a wrestling body. And that white hair never helped him. You know, he's always just been old. You know, like like yeah. him. He was Mr. Steal Your Girl before Mr. Steal Your Girl was ever a, even a term. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The whole time we were in Disney, those was two things I kept on saying. Cause, so when you get there, we were in Magic Kingdom, so the, instantly the first thing you think in your mind, Space Mountain, oldest <laughs> one with the longest line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, old old Nate, man, he was. Now, now I do. We do say this as I, I hear I can speak for Black Barbie and Bernard. We do not support Ric Flair in all of his things that he does because he be doing shit that he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As fair, so. But we're back to the match. Um, do you guys feel that? The Uso Street Profits at SummerSlam is better than the Money in the Bank match. Which match do you think was better? The Money in the Bank match or the SummerSlam match? Because I think the Money in the Bank match was a whole lot better. They were both good. But yeah, I would yeah, I would yeah. Money in the Bank. I think, yeah, I think they were both good. The Money in the Bank felt like it had more substance in the match. Like I felt, and 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 I think I'm saying this because all of the rumors, as far as people talking about they want the street profits to break up and stuff like that, the fact that they mentioned that on Raw and SmackDown before the show, before SummerSlam, I think that gave it more like not validity, but it, it gave the the story, the match a little bit more purpose. But the match at Money in the Bank was pretty good. Um, but I, I just think that it kind of, even though it gave it purpose, it felt like people were looking for, they added synthetic stuff to it as far as them, the, about the rumors of them breaking up. So people thought that it was going to happen that night. People thought it was going to be a turn. And then when they didn't see it, it was like, oh, well, like, oh, well, the match wasn't that great. And WWE, Put themselves to me in a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment because they mentioned the the breakup, the potential of the breakup on TV because everybody's been talking about it on Facebook and Twitter and 
and on the dirt sheets. Like that's been the thing for the longest. I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shantice of Talker Champions doesn't even call Angelo back his name. She calls him Headbands. Oh, okay. <laughs> like she doesn't even recognize that man exists in this world. Yeah, and and to me that's unfortunate, man, because Angelo Dawkins is not a bad wrestler. He's, he's a good wrestler. He's a good talent, especially for his size. It's just like it's hard to stand out when you have somebody with that type of charisma. Yeah, like to me, I, I don't know. I don't know what this. I don't know if y'all think of it like this, but Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. When Montez Ford dating Bianca Belair. And you see the athleticism between the two. It's just like, like I said earlier, I, I mentioned it earlier. Montez Ford is a is a PS4. Everybody got if you got one, you know how great it is. Until you plug up a PlayStation Five. Like ever since I got my PS Five, I don't have no reason to touch my PS Four. Those just facts. I, now I'm not discounting my PS4. I appreciate what all has done for me. This might go back to like what we were talking about with Vince McMahon, but I, it was time for me to move on. The equipment and the technology were just bigger, better, faster. That's how I feel about Montez Ford and and and, and Dawkins. Dawkins is not a bad wrestler. He's one of the best big men that they have, but they don't call him a big man. As far as his his agility, his speed, uh, I think he's got good charisma on the mic. But Montez Ford is a PlayStation 5, and you could see it. You saw it in that match with Seth Rollins. I don't know if y'all watched that match on Raw. That match was incredible. Oh, he's had a couple of them now. Even the but, but like, yeah, he's had a couple of singles, but you're, you're right. But I'm saying, like, that his, his this most recent match with, with Seth Rollins, was probably the best match on Raw. And, like, you just see his ceiling as high as it can be. And with all the talent that Dawkins has, I don't think it'll eclipse what we see every week from Montez Ford. And it's unfortunate because we see WWE breaks up tag teams like that all the time. Like, the... It's... The... The street profits, and y'all can tell y'all can tell me if I'm if it's a disrespectful or not. The street profits, talent wise, are what the Rock and Roll Express was before Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty in the bob in the in the barbershop. Mm. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, talent wise, that's how I see it. I, I mean, I see the parallels, but I'm not saying Montez Ford to Shawn Michaels, but I I'm mean, saying that would be the best way to look at it. But even when you look at the Rock and Roll Express back at that time, Marty Jannetty wasn't bad. Yeah, but that's, but that's, that's my point. That's my point. Montez Ford, the, the, Angelo Dawkins isn't bad. I like Marty Jannetty. Angelo Dawkins is not bad, and, and that's that's why I made that reference. To me. Montez Ford, Marty Jannetty was not holding Shawn Michaels back, but he was just a far superior talent. And people saw that. 
I still think I still think Marty Jannetty got a bad rap from when they broke up the Rock and Roll. He believes that. I've seen the storyline. Well, if he would stop Colin killing people, yeah, he was killing people and getting high. Yeah. But that's 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 what I that's how I feel about that. I, I don't I don't think that Marty Jannetty was a bad wrestler. And I don't think my, I don't think Angelo Dawkins is a bad wrestler. He's just the we saw the ceiling was sky high for Shawn Michaels, and it obviously was after they broke up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I, that's just that's what I see from Angelo Dawkins from from Montez Ford. Montez Ford is a super a budding superstar, superstar, not just star. He is a budding superstar. He could be WWE champion in five to six years, less than that. That's what I mean by that. Well, what he's doing right now, I see WWE championship gold around his waist within five to six years. But he's stuck in a tag team division like Shawn Michaels was with Marty Jannetty. We saw the, the talent immediately and was like, what is WWE doing here? Even though the tag team was great and is great, you recognize greatness when you see it. And that's how I feel about the street problems. All right. So we got two matches left. We have... Do, do we have to talk about this one? Uh, well, unfortunately, we- yes. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. <laughs> this uh, match, okay. So this is the match where Vince shot somebody in the foot before Triple H could fix it. <laughs> That's Liv a good Morgan way to describe it. Not been booked to be that she could beat anybody. Yes, she has. She had her moments, but it's like two step like one step forward two steps back all the time with it they're not giving her they never gave her a chance to really prove that she could do this and she's shown that she can so to put her in a one-on-one match with with ronda rousey she did get some offense in she did fight but at the end of the day this match did not do any favors for Liv morgan no and I hate that for her because she has really grown expedi- exponentially since yeah. her days of running around with Enzo and Cass. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I kind of hate it for her, but she did retain the title in a controversial fashion. But I, I don't think this is over, unfortunately. I think it would have been better served as a triple threat. But I don't know who I would have put in the match. Because I, I believe what you're saying is true. And I think a triple threat would have alleviated the pressure off of her. It would um, and, and it also would have helped Ronda Rousey. Like, um, like, but I don't know. Because the thing is, you got to find out. Like, I don't like how Charlotte normally gets booked. But I honestly would have loved Charlotte to be booked in this this specific match. And, and that's if Charlotte would have if Charlotte would have been able to take the pin by Liv Morgan and kept Ronda Rousey strong, she would have been the perfect person to put in this match based on right. how we know 
how well, how she's been booked. To me, I was hoping that Charlotte would come back because exactly. I have to say this. And I like Liv Morgan. I have nothing against Liv. I have nothing against Rhonda for real because Rhonda's second run is way better than her first. There was no ring leadership in that match. They needed a leader. They needed a Sasha. I'm sorry, and I know it sounds bad because we, we always say the full horsewoman, but they needed a leader in that ring. And that's, that's why I brought up Charlotte. That's exactly how I feel. That, and that's why I was thinking Charlotte Flair. Right. And, oh, I was praying for Charlotte to come back because I was like, God, please let Charlotte come back because this match needed – it needed to be a triple threat. It needed – because they needed someone that can take the direction – who knows the game? I mean, Liv is just given that spotlight. How to lead. I mean, and, and it took Bianca a while to learn how to lead, too. Right, right. But with this even, match, hmm? even if they would, it still has to go back through Rhonda, even if Charlotte was in that match and took that pin. And I don't know if there's enough that they can do to get to make Liv look like she could beat Rhonda. Well, they got to do something because I mean, they got to do something. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that, and like, that's why I threw Charlotte in the equation because you talk about long term. I absolutely agree. They got to figure out. They got to figure something out fast before the fans realize what we're saying and turn on her. Because I like Liv Morgan. It's just she's not as polished, and she went into a, the match. Like Ariel said, with somebody who's just as unpolished, and it just looked, you can see that everything was unpolished. So you would want to give them a veteran. And again, with Sasha and Naomi going through whatever they what they going through, and Bailey just coming back, the only person I can think of that would have made that could have gave both of those women a shot in the arm as far as confidence and. And pull to get to perform would be Charlotte Flair. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Even Natty couldn't help that match. Right. Yeah. Natalia couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Natalia couldn't help. Based on what we saw, and we know Natalia is is a veteran, but based on the way the match ended, like Natalia couldn't even have saved that. The only person I can think of would have been Charlotte Flair. And I do not like Charlotte Flair. But I but I can't deny her talent in the ring. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> it right. shouldn't have happened on the it shouldn't have happened on SummerSlam. They should have did that on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. That part I don't think was gonna happen because they don't want Rhonda just wrestling on random SmackDown for championships. They want to make sure that she's marquee. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that I know, but I did. She it should have happened on SmackDown, but because of Rhonda's status, you we know is gonna be a big name pay per view. Yeah. All right, so we're to the main event. We were talking about polished and stuff like that. This match was everything but polished. <laughs> Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, versus Cowboy Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. Brock Lesnar channeled his inner Stone Cold Steve Austin and came to the ring on a tractor. He then also put Roman in said tractor and dumped him in the ring. And when that didn't work, proceeded to lift the ring off one of its 
Colts. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> but before, before that, can we can we can we talk about something that a lot of people didn't notice at first glance? Uh, when when Roman Reigns was in the ring before he lifted the tractor and all of that, before he lifted the tractor with the ring, did y'all see how smooth that transition was on the mic catch? Yes. That's like Roman Reigns didn't even look at the mic. He was still looking at Lesnar through the mic. He put his arm out and caught it as he was staring at Lesnar. You can't tell me that couldn't that shouldn't have been a meme, bro. That was the smoothest shit. That was that was Tom Brady to Randy Moss. Like that shit was cold. That was cold. Oh, here you go. With the paper. I, just, I just digress. I just, I just want to make sure that that got on the recording. You just Roman the, catching that microphone. You just to make sure that you said something that had to do with the Patriots. I ain't trying to hear this shit. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you can you can say slice and have you or slice it. But when when Brock Lesnar threw that microphone and Roman Reigns caught it without even looking at it, that was like catching a pokeball. Like that was cold. That transition was smooth. I, that's all I got. I just, I just thought that had to be said. Well, and also I want to say this: <laughs> Brock Lesnar told basically Adam Page is like, I, Adam Page is like, I do cowboy shit. Brock Lesnar's like, No, you don't. I do cowboy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that too. Like Brock Lesnar had fun in this match. Yeah, well, you couldn't tell me he didn't have no fun. He got to lift a tractor. When's the last time you you've never seen anything like that in wrestling? No, ever. You've seen the ring explode. You've seen it fall. You've seen the ropes fall. You've even seen it collapse. But you have never seen someone lift the ring up in the match, and that not even be the end of the match. Yeah, that match still went on for another ten or fifteen minutes. With help from the Usos, with interference from Theory, was this the best Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match? Yes, by far yeah. the best. Yeah, but for them to wrestle, yeah, that was the the best match. Um, it was definitely the most entertaining match that they've had. Um, and it it had different dimensions as far as um. The style and the the way that it was presented, so I, I think it was their best match because they had multiple angles and a lot of substance. Do we want a, this match to happen ever again? No, no, no. no. We don't need to see it again. Yeah, we don't need another Roman Reigns. Please, please, and dear baby, sweet, sweet, dear sweet baby Jesus, can we not have another Roman versus Brock? Let's leave it alone. We've had it. At least, what, this is the seventh time in yeah. 10 years, maybe? Yeah. But also, why you make sure we don't get Goldberg either. Oh, God, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's don't coming. replace him with Goldberg. Get rid of it. It's going to happen. It's gonna yeah, happen. Don't, don't, we, don't need a, we don't need Brock and Goldberg. We don't need Roman and Goldberg. Bury those, put those somewhere deep in the closet where you'll never, you forget to the set. So now with Roman with Brock out of the way, um, and we do have our next challenger for Roman at Clash of the Castle. It'll be Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. 
Is this where Roman Reigns drops the belt? Nope. No. Not overseas. No. Not overseas. Not yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's not, not happening overseas. Um, it uh-uh, story storybook ended like like if you building you- like a dream match on WWE 2K, yeah, because it's it, it's Drew McIntyre's backyard pretty much. But I don't see WWE doing that as far as a best for business type of thing. I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I believe. I- where Roman drops it because this is a stadium show in uh, in Ireland in his hometown. Our hometown. Right. Like, but if there's WWE is notorious. Man, WWE is notorious for doing two things. Okay, we can't go at it no more. Vince ain't there. I was gonna say Vince <laughs> Yeah, Vince not being there, it would be like, hey, they're not dropping the belt overseas, but this is Triple H. UK is his stomping ground. Anything could happen. Right. So we don't know. This could be where he drops it. He could keep it. But it's definitely more it could happen more where we have with Vince in Vince in charge, it's maybe a 30%. With Triple H in charge, it's a definite 50-50. Yeah, yeah that is true. I mean, because Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre is Triple H likes Drew McIntyre, but Vince brought Drew McIntyre. Vince was Drew McIntyre was Vince's. What was he called? The prodigy when before he was joined before he got fired when he came uh, back. Drew McIntyre is a protege of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he he got fired, get this this temporal approval. Yeah. And he's everything that Vince would love, but we got to take Vince out of it now. Vince is no longer a factor. And even in NXT, Drew was a pretty big deal. So Triple H does see the value in it. Yeah. And maybe we would get the NXT version of a face Drew than the smiling welcome to Raw Drew that we got. Because in NXT, he was a lot more of a calculated psychopath to a certain extent yeah. that did yeah. good things. Well I guess he was well, more of a I don't I don't remember like, if he was the first two time NXT champion. I know he dropped the belt because he tore no. his shoulder to Andrade and he no, dropped he the belt. Not, he's not the first two time. Uh Joe is the first two time. Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe is the yeah some more Joe is the first say this with, with Drew McIntyre also. Did y'all watch the match with him and Sheamus? Yeah. yeah. He got way overly emotional, Penn and Sheamus. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know what's going on with that situation with him and Sheamus. Like, he got way too overly emotional. And it, it was a callback to me, in my mind, of Shawn Michaels super kicking Rick, uh, Rick Flair. Yeah. I got that vibe from it. And it's like, Drew McIntyre started crying. Like, he was, yeah. I don't know. That Do y'all think that neither of them knew what the ending of the match was going to be? I don't know, Seamus, but Seamus seemed like he was emotional too. So I don't know if that's it what was. I, that's what I, I asked. That I think that neither of them knew who was winning the match. So if either of them won it, it's gonna be a big ass deal because this is a big. This is almost another one of those Saudi shows, almost to a certain extent, because right. that a giant stadium show. The only the big four get the stadiums, the big builds, and all this stuff, and they're gonna. This isn't until September, so. We got like a whole month of this. Right. 
And yeah, I felt that too. As far as the, as far as um, the the emotion at the end of the match. So this very well could be Drew taking the belt from Roman again, taking the belt from Roman. So I don't know. It's still 50-50. We will find out at Clash of the Castle in September. Yeah. Uh, we have gone through uh, SummerSlam, and this is pretty much toward the end of night one of the season premiere of season three of Power Ups and Power Bombs. But tomorrow, it will be draft night as we will introduce to you. Uh, we've we've kind of built the niche with our fantasy stuff going on. So this time we have what will be the crowning of the first ever PUPB podcast fantasy cup. So we will be doing a 10 week New Japan G1 style fantasy cup tournament. Oh, not tournament. It's like a series. So, the way the rules are going to go, Black Barbie, Bernard, and myself will select 16 wrestlers from across all of wrestling promotions. So, that's four from... And they do have some restrictions. So, there will be four from WWE. Men or women, tag teams do count as one. Factions do not. Factions do not. They will be... And factions are defined as four... As more than four active wrestlers. So there's four WWE, four AEW, four Impact, and four from other miscellaneous companies. So the Indies, MLW, and New Japan, all those companies are fair game. Again, as I said, tag teams count as one. And factions do not. So if you're trying to pick uh, all the Bullet Club, you can only pick four of them. Unless you pick tag teams up. Um, and they have to be active wrestlers, so you can't do like who's a rest, who's a wrestler manager at the moment, like MVP. Yeah. That's not going to be a no-go. Uh, you will be able to add and drop wrestlers throughout the season, throughout these 10 weeks, but there will be a wave wire, meaning if you just selected somebody and got them first, you go to the bottom of the wire. And next person will get whoever they want. So if there's two people that want the same person, the person who is first will get them and go to the end and the next person will move up and it'll go over and over until the rosters freeze on September 11th, the week of September 11th to the 17th. There will be no more wave wire. And there will be an IR spot where you can keep an injured person if you would like, just in case they come back within those 10 weeks. Or you could drop them and pick up somebody else to fill your spot. And that spot is not held to the four, 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 the four, four fours that we have. Uh, let's see where we're at. The, uh, you will get points if your wrestler has matches throughout the week, not segments. So if you're at the beginning of Raw or something or AEW and your wrestler runs into a go segment turns into a match, you're good. But if it's just a segment and there's no match, guess what? You get no points for that. Uh, for a pinfall win, pinfall submission win is five points. 
if they lose, it is negative two. Mm. No points will be awarded for DQs or countouts. Uh, if there are any ties at all, they will be looked at at the end of the week as the team, the person who has the most wrestlers wrestling in that week will get the, the winning point. So if Black Barbie has five wrestlers that wrestle in a week and Bernard only has four, Black Barbie will get the winning point to push them over. Uh, points will be added up mostly the next day of the shows. Uh, there will be like a, a recap at the end of each week. That way we can keep up with it. I'll try to do it on the shows. The seasons will be from August 7th, August 7th, so that's next week, till October 15th. And the draft will be tomorrow night on night two of Power from Power Bomb season three premiere that will drop on Friday. So this will be coming out Thursday in the podcast world. And the next night, it will be the draft. Uh, we did have a conversation ahead of time on how we were going to determine who would get the first pick, and we decided to go by age and a month. So with that being said, well, this still kind of shocks me. Bernard is actually the youngest out of all of us. <laughs> so Bernard will be getting the first pick, followed by Black Barbie and by me. So Guys, I hope you have a full 24 hours to select your wrestlers. Uh, we to just to think about who you're selecting, and tomorrow, uh, and on Friday, we'll hear who selects who. Uh, we will be keeping, like I said, we'll keep up with it. We will update it throughout the episodes until then. And the winner of all of us who have the most points at the end of all of this will be the first ever PUPB Fantasy Cup winner. Any questions, you guys? None at all. No, I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, before we wrap up night one, Bernard, where can we find you? What you got going on? Uh, I just got a lot of a lot of work, man, but I'm on um, Instagram, Bernard Minge, Facebook. I'm in the, I'm in Facebook jail right now over some craziness, but you can still message me on Facebook. Um, Bernard Minge on Facebook, Bernard Minge on Instagram. Uh, what else do I got? Bernie Minge on PlayStation, Sony. Uh, what else? We got uh, Bernie Minge on Powers of Top Bombs. What else I got? I think right now that's it. Like I said, I've been I've been in the pokey for a lot of these a lot of these apps. Yeah, so he, that's he, all he, I got distracted. He can't yeah. after he stopped trying acting right for his old zuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't feel restricted. Black Barbie, what you got going on and where can we find you? Oh gosh. So number one, I'm trying to get these kids back into in person been in person school since what twenty? So that's what I got going on right now. But you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BlackBarbie116. Um, sure, Geekdom, we are actually, we've taken a hiatus, but we are still posting on our YouTube page. Um, me and um, Livy, we just opened some mini brands, little foodie things that had like Sonic and Subway and stuff. And 
Chris, he's doing his own Twitch thing now, so you can follow up on Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube. And where can we find you at, ma'am? Oh, I already said <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at BlackBarbie116, Facebook, Ariel Cottrell. Oh, God, I have to think about that. And also in the Sugar Geek Jump group on Facebook. All right. Before I drop what I got going on, we want to give a super huge shout out to the circle and shout out to the nation of African American wrestling. Nah, we love you guys. Thank you for letting us uh, promote in your group. And thank you for being there for black wrestling. Uh, it's not a lot of like black wrestling does not get a lot of mainstream appeal and this group does that it pushes a lot of black wrestlers that you may not see on the daily uh, but there it's always great to be in that group and those guys um, I went blank for a second oh alright I want to go ahead and make this announcement now because by the time this comes out, the show will be like a week away. Run Them Digits is a, our official sponsors for Jobbers, the Jobber Tier Podcast show, Jobber Slam 2, House Party. Okay. Uh, and we're also putting, pledging our support to our good friends with Jobber Tier South, Rayhan and Tentis. Big time Yaya. They have a huge tag team match coming up against Prolific. It's a six man tag, and we don't like the way they're beating up on people. So mm-hmm. we support you, JTP South. We support you. And Power Ups and Power Bomb are official sponsors for Black Girl Magic coming up the day before Jobber Slam. So Black Girl Magic is on the 19th. Jobber Slam is on the 20th. I'm hoping I got that right because it's either this way, one, either one, one or the other. But both shows are coming up that exact same weekend. It is a Black Wrestling Weekend. Um, you can find me on IG at b i g d r y z z y five zero two. As well on Twitter at the PUPB Podcast. Same for Instagram, PUPB Podcast. Write us. We write back. We talk back. Ask questions. If you want to be a guest, if you want us to come and guest, we will. If Bernard can make the time. Uh, <laughs> we are I'm working on it. We are around. So if you want us, Come holler at us. We are not hard to find. Um, shout out to Random Digits. Soon to be coming back soon. Again, shout out to NAW, Nation of African American Wrestling. Shout out to Black Wrestling Podcast. A lot of them have been reaching out, uh, just shooting advice. Grab City, Mixed Tag, Jobber Tears, uh, Women of Wrestling, DDT Divas. Uh, this is just a lot of podcasts and just acts and stuff. We will be doing more this uh, this season. We definitely have. Uh, we will definitely get back into the paradigm boat, especially starting next week with uh, kicking the door. Next, I think it's next Friday. I think so. Uh, 
and we also will be trying to speak with a few members of the uh, Paradigm family. I will try to make that happen. Um, and I believe that is it for night two. So, for night one, my bad. Ooh, Jesus, I'm already jumping ahead. So, for Black Barbie, for Bernard, I am Drizzy, and we are out. See you guys on night two.